Welcome to a special edition of Kraken Cove Podcast. Uh, this is Matt. Uh, I'm on my own today. Um, so welcome to the study. So if we all have a little bit of a sit down in the study and get yourself comfy and maybe pour yourself a little glass of uh, glass of something. And uh, this is just a little story that I've been researching that we might find interesting for for Halloween. It's not big enough to go as a full like a full show for this one so I just thought I'd tell you about the nightmare history it seems has a rather nasty habit of repeating itself especially for those who do not learn from their mistakes 30th of April 1975 Saigon Vietnam as the last of the choppers lifted away from the roof of the American Embassy, the heavy thwop of their rotors fading into the distance, the sounds that replaced the helicopters was the rattle of machine gun fire, explosions, and the screams of those who the Americans had promised to keep safe, but were ultimately left behind. The Vietnam War had been long and almost indescribably brutal, with countless atrocities committed on both sides, and it seemed that everyone who was touched by this terrible war had been afforded a glimpse into hell itself. But those horrors would pale into insignificance once the battle-hardened Viet Cong victors began taking their bloody revenge on those who they considered traitors to the people. The Americans wouldn't have lasted six months in Vietnam if they hadn't had the assistance of thousands of Vietnamese and Laotians who hoped by helping the Americans they could build a better land for themselves and for their children. One such group of people were the Hmong, a Laotian ethnic group who were recruited early in the war by the CIA. More than 30,000 Hmong soldiers fought alongside their American counterparts but died at a rate ten times higher than the average US soldiers. Their sacrifice was great, but ultimately fruitless. Laos became a communist country, and the Hmong population were punished mercilessly. Those who could, fled. With little of the clothes on their backs, thousands fled across perilous mountains and hostile jungles, hunted constantly by the ruthless communist troops who sought to wipe out every last one of them. The distances they travelled were huge, and many didn't make it, but those who survived eventually stumbled across the border into Thailand, where the Thai government, with US assistance, were ready to help these severely traumatised refugees. A well-organised resettlement programme soon saw many of the Hmong people moving to the US, where they were offered money, housing, healthcare and education. It was a standard of living that they could previously only have dreamed of. But for many, the nightmare was just beginning. One such man, 47-year-old Yong Leong Thao, 
thought his troubles were over after his resettlement in America after a long and difficult internment in a Thai refugee camp. But now he was in a comfortable apartment, reunited with his wife, ready to begin a new life in the USA. He kissed his wife goodnight, closed his eyes, and went to sleep. The next morning, Yong Len Tao's wife attempted to rouse him, but when he would not stir, she rolled him over and stifled a scream. He was dead, a terrible rictus of terror etched across his face. But Yong Leng Thao wasn't an isolated case. His was the thirteenth death amongst Lao Homong men, usually in their twenties or thirties, since 1978, and many more deaths were to follow. Fit, healthy young men were going to bed and not waking up. And it was almost never women, always young men. Doctors were baffled. They studied the hearts and other organs but found no evidence as to what had killed them. Rumours circulated that nerve agents used in the war had finally, insidiously, claimed more victims by lurking in the bloodstream. But as Dr. Larry V. Lumen, the county medical examiner, put it in the LA Times article, Firstly, nerve gas doesn't act this way. There's no evidence. Secondly, if it was nerve gas, why does it affect only males and why only during the night? One theory, however, was that it might have been caused by the very fleeing of their homelands. The Hmong are deeply spiritual people. They respected and revered their ancestors and prayed at their tombs. But who now prayed for the ancestors? Vines and creepers now grew over those forgotten shrines. Rumour had it that those spirits had become angry and vengeful and now visited those who had abandoned them in the night, in their dreams. Dreams that turned into terrible nightmares, from which the poor unfortunate never awoke. Exact figures of how many died vary, but in the six years after the evacuation, some 72 Hmong men died in their sleep in this disturbing and unexplained way. But the Hmong are not the only ones. Each year in Japan, hundreds of apparently healthy young men die of pokuri, or a snap death. One moment they are sleeping soundly, then with a gasp, a shout, or even a scream, they fall back, dead. In the Philippines it is called bagungut, and some think it can occur after eating a late night meal, because eating late can cause nightmares nightmares that prove fatal. In Thailand it is called Lai Thai or sleepwalking death and tradition says the souls of young men are stolen in dreams by the ghosts of widows leaving behind the cold corpses of the young men and their shocked grieving families. In Hawaii they call it simply dream death, a name that speaks for itself. So are these young men being killed by nightmares? Are angry ancestral spirits snatching the souls of their relatives in revenge for their intended shrines? Are ghostly widows enticing young men to join them in their dreams, who then cannot find their way back to their bodies? 
or could it even be something far worse? One story published in the LA Times told of a young refugee who escaped the Cambodian genocide who was terrified to sleep for fear that he would be attacked in his dreams and never wake up. And when he finally did fall asleep, his parents thought the crisis was over. Then they heard screams in the middle of the night. And by the time they got to him, he was dead. He had died in the middle of a nightmare just as he had feared. Now, a 44-year-old writer, Wesley Earl Craven, finished reading this story over his morning coffee. He put down his copy of the LA Times and stared out across the smog-covered city, thinking of all those poor men, fit and healthy one minute, and dead the next. He thought long and hard, and soon an idea came to him, and he began to write. He had a dream, or to be more accurate, a nightmare. A nightmare on Elm Street. Well, thank you for listening. It's only a short one this time, but rest assured we do have a special coming out on Halloween. We will be releasing this uh, the special on the Sunday, so you can download, listen to some great stories, and hopefully have a good spooky time of it. Um, ben will be with me then, and hopefully some of you will be as well. So, um, looking forward to seeing you. Happy Halloween! There are three ways you may contact Kraken Cove. Either by email at podcast at gmail.com On Twitter at Kraken Cove or Instagram at Kraken Cove Pod. Ha ha! <laughs>